We're here at World Time Attack Challenge 2023 and one of the big changes for this year has been the move away from a dot control tyre to a full slick. We're here with Diane, race engineer for the RP968 Porsche, fresh off resetting their own lap record, out lap, outright lap record that is, with a 117.86. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. Dion, this change from the dot tyre to the full slick... From what I've seen following World Time Attack now for a number of years, it's always been a challenge with these top cars with a lot of downforce. Nursing that dot tyre through the outlap, not putting too much energy into it and not overheating it. And of course over the years we have seen a number of tyre failures and delaminations. Before we get into the slick, can you talk to us about the limitations or the problems with that dot tyre? Uh, well first of all let me say the AO50 was a great tyre. But as the competition evolved, and like you said, there's more downforce, but also more power. And I think the, I think the power is the most significant factor. And, the, fa- and the, na- the nature that we would have to use a soft compound, roll straight out at a low pressure, build all that pressure over one lap. And then what we found was we were getting a temperature gradient, a high temperature on the tread surface, and still cool sidewalls. And that created a structural problem internally in the shoulder, as I understand it. I don't know what Yokohama have to say, but that's how I understand it. So is that temperature difference between the cold sidewall and the hot tread that was the, the issue? And that was, yes, and that was creating uh, either a fracture in the shoulder or we would see the lamination of the tread. Now, it's a great tyre, but when you start putting 1,000, 1,200 horsepower in that switch, you know, so it's so far it can go. So I think there's a, an, a belief out there mainstream that the issue around this tyre was it wasn't able to support the vertical loads due to the high downforce that the cars are producing, you're saying that's not the case. It's actually okay? I feel that that's a problem that's achievable. And I know that Tilton did testing in the past with tyre warmers. I know that they've tested high pressures. I know that whenever we tested with high tyre pressures, we were man- we managed the situation. What we couldn't manage was the need to go out and set a fast sap after the first lap. So that created another problem that was unique as well. But the vertical load of the tyre just add pressure and it still works. The other issue sort of you alluded to there is really with that dot tyre, you had one shot at it. It was a case of nursing the tyre around, not putting too much energy into it on the outlap and getting it too hot. Then coming onto the front straight with 10 tenths and you get through, as I understand it again, maybe three quarters of a lap and it would start to sort of get a little bit squirmy and start losing a little bit of that grip. So absolutely there was no chance of doing two back-to-back flying laps. Well, we managed to do in time two back-to-back flying laps, but only because we found that afterwards we generate enough pressure in the tyre to get it there as over the lungs. But when you're doing cool runs, like in the evening that we had last year, when you're running in the evening, you were running the carcass temperature was 18 or 17 degrees. And then we are, when you do one run, that's all you've got. In terms of the tread itself, the rubber, we could go two laps, but as the power increased and as the, as the load increased, that was diminishing. So two full laps was never possible. One and a half maybe. 
Okay, so talk to us about the differences from a race engineering perspective, moving from the dot tire to a slick. I mean, obviously, no matter how much money's been spent on the car, how much power it's got, really, it's down to that tire contact patch as to how fast you're going to go. A slick's designed, obviously, for this purpose. So does it give you a big advantage? Yes, I think what it does is it pushes us into an envelope where we can push again. Now, it's a safety factor that we've that we've just achieved. So in terms of what the slick does compared to the dot tire, first of all, we have a slightly wider tire from a 295 to a 305, slightly bigger diameter. We went from, I think it was 660 to 680, and that gives you more strength because you've got more side warm. From an engineering perspective, it's increased the rolling radius, so our acceleration isn't as great, but we always had trouble putting the power down anyway, so it just increased our gearing. And then in terms of the handling side of it, the tyre is actually quite good. It's, it's quite similar in its characteristics in terms of its response, its stability, and what it has allowed us, because the, the sidewall is taller, we can actually run it with less camber on the rear because it's a rear-wheel drive, and that means that we're not heating up the inside edges as much. And so we needed the camber on the AO50 at the rear to give us stability, but this time with this tyre, we can run less camber, and so we're getting a compound benefit as opposed to a compound loss. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com slash free and start developing your own skills today. Now, the ability here as well, unlike the, the DOT tyre, is you can do lap after lap with this tyre. I'm interested from an engineering perspective as well as a driver perspective, what is the process of managing the tyre, getting it up to temperature? I see you're using tyre warmers now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we did some testing with Yokohama. And we tested without tyre warmers and with tyre warmers. And I even got to the point in the test without tyre warmers, I knew what I could do. I knew I could make the tyre fail if we tried. And whereas when we, when we used the tyre warmers, we never had that problem. So you know, introducing tyre warmers allows us not just to make the tyre warmer and ready for use or uniform temperature. It also increases the pressure in the tyre. So we're rolling out with 30 PSI in the tyre, not 22 like we used to. So that outlap is safer on the tyre, essentially. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of the driver, when they roll out, all he has to do is phase the tyre and scrub them in so that he's got a better wear pattern on the front. So we take the release agent off of them and then he's ready to go. But this is a medium compound. In this tyre, we could also go to a soft compound, which would be similar, I guess, to the, um, the, the dot tyre. That gets you back into potentially that problem of sort of the tyre going away after one lap, maybe? Yeah, possibly. And that's why Yokohama said, look, Trust us, you don't need it. This is the right compound. And as we can see, there's time in it, you know. Let's be honest, it's working, isn't it? No, no, absolutely. And this, the construction of this tyre has given the driver, the moment we put them on, more confidence. Now, the other element, I'll just come back to, you mentioned that this is uh, 20 millimetres, I think you said, taller in rolling diameter. I'm guessing that this also affects the aero platform because the underbody in particular, the sensitivity of that to the ride height is, is quite critical. Is that just a similar case of dropping the car back to get the ride height back to essentially where it was or is there a bit more to it? We try to do that, but because the suspension is designed with packers and bump rubbers, if you just try and drop it on the, on the purchase, you're going to find that you're having to re-engineer all that. What we did was we just went straight out as it was and, and we found that that was okay and we've been tuning ever since and making small changes. But in any case, I wouldn't recommend someone just try and reinvent the wheel. They just put the tyres on and have a go and see. I think okay is perhaps an understatement. <laughs> this, again, is an outright lap record, faster than an F1 driver and an open wheel, wings and slicks, A1 GP car. This is no joke. But there's still another couple of sessions ahead. 
Are we likely to see that benchmark drop even lower? I think there's the opportunity to improve, yeah. <laughs> Look, thanks for your time, Dion. You're uh, playing your cards pretty close to your chest, but uh, I respect that. Thanks again, and we wish you all the best to improve that time. Thank you. Thanks for your great videos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to help us getting the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe. It's a one-stop shop when it comes to going faster, stopping quicker and cornering better.